This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling takes. Follow the show on Twitter at, at Radio Free PW. The liberation starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling, and thank you for joining us as we continue our March to WrestleMania. And of course, I am joined by Jake from the Winnie City. David is enjoying a little time with the family, so it's just us running the show this week, Jake, so we're going to run amok. The the inmates are running the asylum. I love it. And the road to WrestleMania is going to hit a, get a hit a roadblock this Saturday with Elimination Chamber, as well as with another crazy pay-per-view with Battle in the Valley from New Japan Pro Wrestling in, in the Bay Area. So it's going to be a very busy weekend. Okay, Jake, quick question for you. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Have you seen both cards? Do you want to look at Elimination Chamber, or are you more excited for Battle in the Valley? Uh, Elimination Chamber I'm probably going to check out first. Uh, maybe the match I'm looking forward to anyway for uh, Battle in the Valley is mercedes Monet and Kyrie. anyway. Well, that's going to be a stunning six question later in the episode where we decide who should actually main event that card. Ooh, yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> a little surprising to see what uh, uh, what the main event was going to be. Exactly, Jack. But before we get going into this week's episode of Ray Free Professional Wrestling, we need to take time and mention the passing of Jerry Jarrett. He passed away yesterday at age 80. He has been battling cancer for a long time, and he is a legendary promoter in the North American area. I mean, like, Memphis Wrestling, like across the state from where I live in Oswald, he basically built Continental Wrestling from the ground up and turned it into one of the hottest promotions ever during the territorial days. You know, I just watched that Tales of the Territories episode on Memphis. Now, just recently doing a lot of YouTube wormholes of classic Memphis, and it, it was a special place that uh, Jerry Jarrett built. So the amount of real-life angles, yeah, amazing angles, uh, amazing talent came out of the Memphis Territory. I mean, he, he said it himself, uh, personal issues to draw money. Went back and saw the Terry Funk versus Jerry Lawler uh, empty arena match. <laughs> and uh, that uh, Jerry Jarrett had the, the idea himself. So, I mean, Memphis was the home to the state-of-the-art style of television that featured the adage, personal issues draw money, which was a sign that hung in the office as a reminder of the device designed to send a, a fan reaching for their wallet. Um, he built a, a really special place uh, and, a, and a special territory during that time. And um, and not only that, it's like uh, his last major involvement um, occurred in 2002 um, when he helped launched NWA TNA uh, along with his son Jeff. I was a huge TNA fan back in the day and um, that was awesome that uh, he was uh, he was able to get that up and going uh, after the um, after when WCW went out of business. So seriously like to me like one of the one of the all-time great bookers, promoters and and uh, talents of all time. So condolences to um, his wife Deborah and uh, his four children involving Jeff. Um, yeah, huge loss uh, to the wrestling industry. Yes, Jake, I do agree. He is a tremendous loss to professional wrestling. And I feel like if we didn't have Jerry Jarrett, we wouldn't have modern-day professional wrestling because his Continental Wrestling Association was basically the foundation of everything that we currently know as professional wrestling. Mm -hmm, absolutely. We here at Radio Free Professional Wrestling like, would like to send our sincere condolences out to the whole Jarrett family. time for the stunning six questions all the whys and what have they done now hopefully sean and jay can figure it out okay jake stunning question number one for you we're going back to last wednesday night and it felt like it was the mjf show featuring aew tv as mjf was basically over the first 
hour and a half of the TV show. And one thing stuck out, and it was his promo after his match with Takesha. Jake, did that promo just jump to Shark Tank? So, it's interesting because uh, MGF had the... Uh, I thought it was an amazing match against uh, Kinosuke Takeshita. It was very well done, well-versed. Um, but, yeah, we did see a lot of, uh, of MJF uh, last week, and... You know that promo? It was pretty awkward, I gotta say, because like I did like the first half of the promo, um, just like mentioning himself and and you know just being so braggadocious, obviously as he always does. Uh, but it went to the um the part where he was in high school and uh he pretty much like almost admitted to a crime (laughs) where uh, where he and his girlfriend switch places after he after um he crashed his own car and you know the siren and the the sirens were closely nearby behind him and just admitted to be (laughs) admitted to be such a such an such a huge a-hole and do anything to get out of a situation yeah i I know like a lot of people liked this promo but i just felt like it went to an area where it shouldn't have gone if you get if you if you get what i'm saying like i think it just crossed too much of a line that uh it it just felt it just felt like weird uh, in my opinion you know jake i'm with you there i agree with you i felt like the first half of the promo was a normal mjf promo then he got into the story and kind of knew where the story was going once he mentioned his girlfriend and stuff i'm like oh he's gonna mention that something happened and he left her for the cops to find or whatever and i was just like rolling my eyes there and it just took away from the first like 30 minutes of that show because i mean that match with Takesha was amazing and started up for most promo was dang good and i was like yeah mjf is firing all cylinders and next thing you know we have that then he basically comes out there right before the beginning of the rush match with the american dragon brian danielson and i'm going like we don't need to see you anymore we are seeing you enough tonight you're making me want not to see you now which is kind of weird for me to say about mjf because he's so much of a fan favorite but he's on that edge where maybe he'll start getting go away heat i get what you're saying i think they have to be i think AEW and tony khan has to be a little more careful uh because like if they start i'll get i'll give him i'll give him this like he's not wrestling every week uh, which which I which I do appreciate, but yeah, I mean, like they should be careful on how they position him every week and don't have him um, show up every uh, on almost every spot on the show. Um, I didn't mind this week, but if it starts happening like every week where he starts he starts showing up uh, uh, throughout the duration of the show um, in like in multiple spots, then I'll probably then I'll probably uh, have the same. Uh, have the same complaint that you have. Well, Jake, I had another issue with last, last week's episode of AEW Dynamite, and it was the main event. And I think you know where I'm going, because it's the Acclaim versus the Gun Brothers for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Do you believe they took the titles off the Acclaim too soon? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I was I was pretty shocked when it happened uh, last week. Yeah, I mean, I thought they could have like saved it. Uh, have like a normal loss last week, and they could have saved it uh, till Revolution, uh, which is like you know just a few weeks from now. I mean, they could, they could have just saved that. Um, but one thing I did appreciate uh, at the end of Dynamite last uh, last week is that uh, when the gun when the Gun Brothers won the title, I did I did appreciate that that Dynamite did not sign off in its normal way of oh got to get the show off fast because it's getting up uh, up to the top of the hour. Um, they just stuck uh, with. Uh, stuck with the acclaimed and Billy Gunn, and they just let it let it sink it in for the audience uh, for at least a couple minutes because like we were all just wondering like what the hell just happened. So it it kind of builds up to a very interesting story uh, for the next uh, couple weeks 
regarding the tag team titles. So, I mean, yeah, felt very conflicting on that. But I'm, I am intrigued to see what uh, happens uh, within the next couple of weeks. Now, one positive thing I will say about this, Jake, is I was so happy they didn't go down the road where, oh, hey, look, it's Billy, and he's turning on the acclaim. Because they gave us that moment where we were thinking that he might do it. Then here comes one of the gun brothers, and they just nailed their father with the belt. I'm going like, you know what, that, that makes him more of a hill, and I hate him even more now since they basically laid Billy out. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy that uh, Billy did not uh, did not go back to that uh, usual trope and uh Team and team of backup with his son. So I mean, look, the the acclaimed and Billy Gunn—they're hot right now, and I don't think it's a wise idea to uh, get rid of that uh, right now. I think a lot of people are kind of speculating that maybe they got the belts off of the acclaimed, so FTR can face the Gun Brothers, and you have this match where FTR can get the titles from the Gun Brothers. And you don't let the acclaim take a loss to the FTR. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's probably uh, one solution right there. So, but we'll see. We'll see what the status is of uh, about FTR in the next. Uh, hopefully, in the next few weeks, if they do come back. Okay, Jake, we're going to my third sudden question of the week, and it's an interesting question as I was watching last week's episode of AEW TV as we're kind of focusing on AEW this week. I was like going. Who is their top babyface outside of the American Dragon? Because you see, Katesha, I see a lot of upside to him. I feel like he could be their next hot babyface. And, you know, they're on again, off again with um, Hangman. Who is the top babyface in this company? And it's really weird because you see Ricky, where Ricky Starks is at right now. And uh, unfortunately, I've pretty much jumped the gun on that whole thing uh, with the feud against uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society. I just feel like, you know, this is not... This is not what I want to see um, Ricky Starks uh, at right now. It's, this is probably like a huge road bump uh, for for him and and them and AEW trying to book Action and Dreddy among like the same in the same route uh, with Ricky Starks, which they're trying to push like two. Like I said, it um, I said a couple weeks ago that they're trying to push two two guys at once. So I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's a very good point. I mean, the only like you know top you know top dog like babyface that I see right now is pretty much Brian Danielson and. Looking back at that, you know, I don't, I don't see Hangman um, doing that much. And you can argue that, you know, CM Punk was their top lead babyface uh, in 2022 uh, regarding, like, uh, the, the amazing feud with MJF. So, I mean, yeah, as of right now, it's, you know, probably Danielson. I mean, hopefully it will change um, when we get into the summer and to the fall, though, uh, to see we can finally um, see Starks, um, Starks uh, come out of that little shell that is the JAS and... Um, and he can he can obviously be be on his own terms and see what he can do uh, on a on a main event level. Exactly, because I feel like with uh, Danielson being your lead face, you have a short term face, but you know eventually he's not going to be wrestling anymore. And this is the perfect time to bring somebody along. And I feel like going into the summer here, you got three choices: you got Tatasha, you got Ricky Starks, you have Hangman Adam Page, and yeah, if you want to try to do Ash Andretti, you can do them, but try to keep them all separate and let them have a show where you mm. focus on them. I could see him do like, you know, just um, try to um, get for one of the card titles, like um, um, like the All-Atlantic or the TNT title uh, down the road for, for Andretti. But uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully that will change um, in the next couple months and we'll finally see, you know, someone younger and someone who's more, much more ready for a long-term road ahead uh, for uh, for a top 80 face. Standing question number four, Jake, I was watching NST last night, we saw Roxanne team up with the final boss, Miko Sakamura, and the cost of her teaming up with uh, Roxanne was, you need to do me a favor, I need an NST women's title shot in the near future. So, Jake, should the WWE hold off to stand and deliver for this match, or do you want to see it sooner? 
yeah, you would think that this would be a build up to you know a premium live event, and yeah, I mean personally, I would have just saved it for that and make of Santa more. I mean, you know, she's fifty two, uh, either fifty one or turning fifty two. I've really enjoyed watching her within the you know the NXT system and her against Roxanne Perez. I mean, that would that would be one heck of a match I would see right there. And I I think I, what I would do is I would personally let them just go all out and save it for uh, a stand and deliver at a WrestleMania weekend. That's why I'm feeling like, Jake. I feel like you know that NST crowd at WrestleMania weekend would eat this match up. They would put the, these two ladies on a pedestal and they would probably steal the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agree. Now, my only concern about this, if they do this match this soon, who's the lady that's going to face Roxanne at Stand and Deliver? Or do you put the title on the final boss? Ooh, that is a very good question. Personally, I would like to see what Sadamore can do with the title. I mean, with Roxanne, uh, she's pretty much gone through all the all the ladies and the rest of the women's roster uh, in NXT. So, But hey, I mean, I love what Roxanne is doing. I mean, I, I think she should be kept strong as of right now and uh, see what she can can continue to do uh, in the women's division. Maybe, yeah, maybe uh, see what he can do with what she can do against JC Jane or on her own, or uh, maybe you, we can see uh, if she's ready, like you see Simone Johnson, Ava Rain uh, to be in, to be a part of that a top spot in the women's division in, in NXT. You know, I just got thinking about this, Jake. You could literally have somebody come into this match, cause this match to have a no contest finish. And have a triple threat at NXT at Stand and Deliver. Yeah, yeah, ditto on that, so. Okay, Jake, we're moving over to my fifth stunning question of the week. As I woke up Saturday morning, I was getting excited to watch the New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I found out somebody lost a match. And it's an end of an error for New Japan Pro Wrestling as Jay White loses to Hikaleo, and he is banned from wrestling in new japan only but he can wrestle in north american version of new japan mm-hmm. and i thought it was a pretty uh tremendous match uh with uh with him and hikaleya you know i watched the uh, the show as well and you know both the new japan and noah held cards at the adion Amer- uh arena in osaka um and you know jay white had a 25 minute match with hikaleo and it was laid out brilliantly with hikaleo turning the tables had the reversal for the blade runner and led to the match ending with a choke slam and White is forced to, quote, leave Japan. Um, White has does have one more match scheduled uh, with New Japan uh, this weekend in San Jose against Eddie Kingston. And obviously speculation will intensify regarding uh, his landing spot. You know, we can argue, like, obviously we got, you know, AEW and WWE. You can argue that uh, maybe AEW might not be the best spot for him as uh, they already have such a bloated roster. I'm curious to see what Paul Levesque can do uh, with uh, with Jay White. With him coming in, would he immediately start with the main roster? Uh, or uh, would he actually start down in NXT to try to get comfortable with the WWE um, style of sports entertainment? But yeah, I mean, look, Jay White, if he wants to stay in the indies, I would definitely suggest that he stay with New Japan. Maybe at least part time, and maybe you can do uh, more um, North American indies, say like a GCW or uh, maybe with an impact. We saw the chance of him uh, being a pretty good babyface with impact wrestling. I mean, that's another choice right there. I mean, I mean, personally, like I would love to see Jay White's having more of a of a position in impact wrestling and see what they can do in the, in the main event spot and um, how he can and could the New Japan audience follow him uh, to impact wrestling uh and in that in that suggestion right there <laughs> you know jake that's a good idea because i didn't even think about that and if i could use somebody of his level in the company to face joss alexander and i feel like he would probably have a bigger 
Spotlight, Avenue for Success, and a company there. If you bring him to WWE, I feel like you need to throw him in NXT. You probably want to debut him for WrestleMania weekend, so you have that crowd going like, oh my god, it's Jay White. And that mm-hmm. way it transmits to the casual NXT viewer, this guy's special. This is somebody you need to keep your eye on. It can definitely help, like, you know, NXT's original intent. It's like bring bring the uh, uh, the indie stars in and uh, give a, a little bit of a rub with them. And probably can bring in some some more viewers to NXT. Yeah, that, that can definitely be a choice right there. But yeah, I mean, him, Jay White uh, against Josh Alexander for the Impact World title. I mean, that's one heck of a program I would love to see in Impact. This is actually, I would fork, fork over 40 bucks for a pay-per-view just to see that match. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's go ahead. Yeah, on. Yeah, on Fight TV. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would definitely be be uh, lit for that. Okay, so I want to add on a additional stunning question here. As I saw, as I was watching NWA's enough said pay per view, Matt Cardona lost his match against Tyrus. Now he is looking forward to a period where we're trying to figure out what he's going to do next. I did watch last night's episode of Power, and it seems like he's heading towards a feud with Bully Ray, possibly. But there's also rumors that he might be heading back to the WWE. So where do you want to see one Matt Cardona? Jake? Ooh, I don't know if I want, at this point, I don't know if I want to see him go back to the WWE system. I mean, I just don't know, like, you know, how he's going to be used anyway. So as of right now, like, uh, with me, Matt Cardona, personally, I would like to see him stick around in the North American Indies, like, uh, having more more of a presence uh, full-time with GCW, or maybe with Impact. So that's kind of pretty much like the, the couple choice I would add right there. I would be with you there, Jake, but his buddy Cody's back in the WWE, and I feel like the people who were kind of not in favor of Macrodon being a major player, pardon the pun, in the WWE isn't in power anymore there, supposedly. So I feel like maybe let him go back. I feel like he has something that he wants to prove for himself, and he wants to go. That's cool. But wherever he's going to go, I feel like he's going to be a better person than what he was like six years ago. Yeah, that's true. He he's fo- he followed the footsteps of Cody. Him going back to Zack Ryder uh, to see what he can do. Hopefully, be more of like a serious contender, uh, more of a serious uh, guy in the in the main roster. I mean, that's that's definitely one to hopefully they hopefully WWE can understand because they dropped the ball many times, unfortunately, uh, with Zack Ryder. Like I'm just remembering all the the horrible segments and the where he is at. Uh, I remember back, remember like ten years ago when it was him and Eva Marie and Kane pretty much like just ruined him. Oh, it was. Goodness, it was just awful. Uh, just and you know he won the Intercontinental Championship, and then d- it did nothing for him. Just being in the shadow of John Cena. I mean, oh, it was it was disgraceful. Jay, the, you just bring that because got me a flashback in my mind seeing um, Zack Ryder in a wheelchair as Kane is wheeling him off the edge of a stage and basically ruining his career. Oh yeah, I mean, just remember that and just the awful promos with him and Kane. I mean. Ugh, it just did him no favors at all. I mean, yeah, I mean, just pretty much got him to the point of oblivion. And yeah, I mean, just yeah, just just nothing. So I'm enjoying that he's like uh, that he's uh, having his part in the indies and, you know, he's making he, he's in a better position right now. So to me, I wouldn't like, you know, just mess with that right now. Well, you know what, Jake, we'll just keep our eyes on it and see what happens to one Matt Cardona as we bring these 76 questions to a close. Let's move over to our main event of the show. Let's look at WWE Elimination Chamber. Okay, Jake, 
which match do you want to start talking about first? I mean, obviously, right now, we should probably save it to... Probably could have saved it for last, but maybe we should just start with the main event. Uh, with the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns against Sami Zayn. Yeah, I mean, no, look, start off big off off the bat. I mean, how, how can you, how, I mean, how can you not do that? Um, I think I'm pretty sure this will be one hell of a match. This could be may, maybe the the match of the show. I mean, there's going to be a lot of drama coming into it, and a lot of I'm pretty sure really good storytelling uh, in, as part of the in ring uh, match itself. So I could see this like going uh, 30 minutes here, uh, and uh, a lot, and we can definitely see some smoke and mirrors. You know, I've been thinking about this. I could see Jimmy Uso and you know the rest of the Bloodline uh, coming out, trying to uh, trying to get involved. And unfortunately, I could see an instance where Jay Uso, you know, tries to help and is talking with Sammy. And uh, unfortunately, I could see this as a whole big swerve, and Jay Uso um, might turn on Sammy and cost him the chance to, uh, for the championship. And I definitely see Roman winning this match and keeping it uh, till Mania. But I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be one heck of a match, though. I agree with you, Jake. Now, if the Elimination Chamber for the men was for, like, the number one contendership, I would literally put this match on first and have it mm-hmm. go, like, 30 minutes, have Sammy have a violent battle and get screwed over, only for him to re-enter the Chamber and win the Chamber match. But that's not the case this year, because the Chamber match yep. is for the U.S. title. So this needs to be the main event, and I want to see Sammy go, like, 30 minutes, and you can have a little bit of extra effort where the bloodline beat down Sammy. Maybe Cody comes and makes a save, and that's how you kind of transfer over to the WrestleMania program with Reigns and uh, Cody. And I could see uh, Sammy Zayn against uh, Jey Uso for one of the nights at WrestleMania. I mean, that's that's one uh, perfect match to go uh, to go towards there, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like either that, or it could be like everybody's speculating, like him and KO versus the Usos for the tag team titles. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean that definitely could say that uh i say that right there i mean him and kevin owens for the tag for the tag titles i mean ha- them having a run with it i mean that would be that would be tremendous now i already brought this up let's just go ahead and get this one out of the way because it's for the u.s wwe united states championship elimination chamber match it's austin fury coming in as a champion and he's facing seth rollins johnny gangaro bronson reed damian priest and montez force so jake is there anybody else in this match that can get this title off of austin fury besides seth rollins uh besides seth rollins uh but uh, even even that i don't see uh, as of right now this this is interesting i would love to see seth freaking rollins um win here and then have have a championship match match uh, against logan paul uh, at wrestlemania i mean that's that's one that's one idea that i could throw out there uh, for the United States Championship, so personally, I would love to see I would love to see Seth Rollins uh, win uh, win here. <laughs> I would too, Jake. Now, if I had to make a guess, besides that, you know, they brought back like Bronson Reed. That would be somebody I would try to put the title on as well. But you know, Damian Priest there is saying they're going like I'm part of Judgment Day. I'm in a mainline storyline. Could you see them flopping the title over to Damian Priest? That could be an that could be an opportunity right there, and then make uh, the Judgment Day. Um, like more of like uh, more of a dominance, uh, make them more in a dominant spot to, uh, for them. Yeah, I'm just guessing it's going to end up with whatever Austin Fury is going to do at WrestleMania. Is he going to have the match with John Cena at WrestleMania? And do you want to have your U.S. champion face John Cena, or do you want that title off of him before then? That's an interesting question. Yeah. Okay, let's slide over to the uh, Jake. We're looking at the women's elimination chamber match. It's doing the traditional role where it's going to decide the number one contender for. 
the WWE Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. We got Asuka versus Liv Morgan versus Nikki Cross versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia versus Carmella. Is there anybody besides Asuka that's going to come out of this with the title shot in hand? Ooh, this is an interesting question. To be honest, I could see Nikki Cross come out with a win here, uh, considering uh, how good she is at the moment. And she came out of her shell as shell as, you know, the, you know, as the cringy uh, Nikki A.S.H. And and she's done very well lately. uh, So I could see her being a possibility uh, to have that women's championship match at Mania 39. Uh, But yeah, obviously, you can see Asuka as the front runner here. I really feel like I want to see Asa versus Bianca because I feel like that's going to be a freaking hard-hitting match that is worthy of a WrestleMania night one main event spot. And you know Asuka. I mean, she's she has one hell of a, of a hard style. I mean, that could that could be definitely be a barn burner uh, and a slobber knocker going into WrestleMania 39. Now, let me ask you, Jake. What do you think about Asa's new character as she's brought back a darker version of her Asa character with I'm totally enjoying. It. I think it's cool as hell. I love it. I mean, it, this brings back uh, more of a dramatic version of Asuka, and uh, she's she becomes legit terrifying. So because uh, yeah, so I, when she came back in the Royal Rumble, so yeah, I mean, I I've really enjoyed uh, her run so far, and uh, I, I really hope she gets that top spot into the championship program. Makes her legit terrifying, man. I know, it makes me feel like we're back in NXT when Asuka first debuted and she got the title and had that long run, whereas, like, nobody could beat Asuka. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Jake, I've held this off for as long as I could. we got to talk about it now. It's Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. This match needs to be about probably 10 minutes, and I like both guys. Whoever wins can win, but it needs to be short. Yeah, yeah, it can go either way, uh, but uh, we've seen this enough. So, uh, hey, if it's, it's if it's going to be Brock Lesnar uh, taking the F5, doing German suplexes, uh, taking Bobby Lashley to Suplex City, uh, just whatever. Uh, look, I just want to see Bobby Lashley just uh, move on and see what he can do. Uh, uh, see what he can do uh, going into Mania 39. I mean, I, I just don't need to see. I just don't need to see this prolonged to to Mania. You know, honestly, Jake, I feel like this program they got with these two guys it was a program that would have been hot about six months ago and they just never got around to it and now it's so lukewarm exactly. and i'm like do we care no we like both guys yes who's the hill face here because i can't figure out who's the hill and who's the face it's bobby the that's face? the way they book this that's the way they book this like why are they positioning it this way like who's the uh the villain who's the like who's the guy you're cheering for here i mean i mean that's all on you know that's all on the creative uh aspect of things i mean they didn't do a great job like building this feud and you know it's kind of unfortunate to say because this is one of the programs that i, I was really looking forward to uh, with lashley and brock and lesnar when lashley uh, came back to the company back uh, f- uh back a few years ago so but yeah, they they didn't really do a great job in in the writing of this match. Exactly. Okay, we got one final match: is Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. Do we see the end of this program here at Elimination Chamber, or do we go one step further and we go to WrestleMania and see Edge versus Finn Balor at Mania? Uh, with this match, I could see the Judgment Day winning here because you know Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley have been so good. It was Dominic Mysterio instead of Finn Balor. Uh, that could be like a different story, but yeah, I could see the Judgment Day uh, uh, winning here, and uh, the at least the end of you know maybe Beth Phoenix uh, being involved uh, with this program. But yeah, this could lead to Edge and Finn Balor at Mania, and I'm that'll be one hell of a match that I would definitely look forward to at Mania. 
And I, I could see this have, have some time as well. Um, uh, well, with this one, maybe about like 10 to 15 minutes. So I definitely see the Judgment Day winning this match. Yeah, I'm with you there because I feel like you don't want Ripley to lose until you get her to WrestleMania. And do you take the title off Charlotte Flair or not? That's up for debate. But you let Rhea Ripley go into WrestleMania as this hot, undefeated kind of character that maybe, maybe just can beat the legendary Charlotte Flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's slide over to NJPW Battle in the Valley 23. And we'll start with this question, Jake. Which match do you want to be the main event? Do you want to be Kyrie versus Mercedes Malone for the IGP Women's Championship? Or do you want the traditional WGP um, World Championship? Which match should the main event? You know, as much as I love... Uh, Tanahashi and Okada, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be one, it'll be an awesome match at San Jose. But to me, personally, the big star uh, coming out of this is Mercedes, so and and them having a, a women's main event, probably for the first time, I think it will be a huge statement for them, so... Um, I probably would have said Mercedes Monet and Kyrie. I personally wanted to want to see them uh, as the main event. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they're probably just sticking around with Okada and Tanahashi, which to be honest, I have, I have zero, zero problem with it. I'm right there with you, Jake, because this is basically a double main event. Because I mean, like both these matches are going to kick ass. I agree with you. I can see if they want to do something kind of fresh and not traditional New Japan Pro Wrestling, since they're in the States, you can flip this and have Curry and uh, Mercedes be the main event, and nobody would bat an eye at it. Yeah. A couple other matches in this card, which I'm really looking forward to. Eddie Kingston versus Jay White. I mean, we've just talked about it, so this is probably be uh, Jay White's uh, at least a swan song for now in New Japan. Uh, That's going to be one... I mean, the way they built it up on New Japan Strong, uh, it was was pretty awesome, and obviously with Eddie Kingston, I mean, uh, uh, you can't do any wrong with him i mean i'm pretty sure that's gonna be one uh one awesome match right there and my boy tom lawler uh in a filthy rules fight against homicide uh no dqs ring ropes will not be used in this bout uh this <laughs> this is gonna be man i am so looking forward to that uh, to that match uh, as well and then uh, this can be one all out brawl probably throughout the uh the stage as well so yeah this san jose card i mean uh what i see here this could probably start around 9 30 10 p.m eastern time so it won't conflict too much on the elimination chamber uh pay-per-view so yeah i expect uh the two main events to at least to uh, go past uh the elimination the ending of elimination chamber but uh yeah this is one heck of a card and uh yeah really good for for at least new japan's big return to uh to uh, north america i will say here just to let everyone know uh, this is going to be an actual pay-per-view where, where you actually pay like an additional fee along with your with your New Japan World account. It says here um, $22 uh, in, in United States dollars. So this will be like an additional pay-per-view that you have to buy um, because it won't be a part of your uh, typical New Japan World account. Well, looking at this lineup, Jay, I'm ready to hand over my 20 bucks for this card because I think I'm getting my $20 worth of wrestling here. <laughs> yeah, probably going to take a time to, to watch this this night of wrestling right here. I mean, okay. yeah, I mean, tremendous, tremendous card. I mean, I'm probably slightly um, picking this ahead of Elimination Chamber, to be honest. Jay, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm more looking forward to the Battle in the Valley than I am Elimination Chamber. Now, I'll watch both, and I'll probably watch um, Battle in the Valley. Yeah, we're going to watch the following both day. Yeah. But, you know, 
David would twist my arm off if I don't mention, oh, hey, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Clark Connor for the uh, TV title. We need to talk about it for a second. And I'm hoping that Zack Sabre Jr. just becomes the champion or retains there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, Zach Sabre Jr. I mean, he's got to he's got to retain the championship for a while. Um, it'll be it'll be foolish not to. Uh, but the kickoff match and th- this is going to be pretty interesting. Uh, it's going to be David Finley versus Bobby Fish. Gonna say that it's pro- it will probably be one hell of a kickoff match. Um, yeah, because you know we can see what Bobby Fish can do, and I'm pretty sure these two are gonna knock it off, knock it out of the park right here too. So, yeah, I could. I mean, they're gonna have a lot of time with with these matches uh, in this in this New Japan pay per view in in San Jose. So, hey, San Jose is blessed, man. I mean, a lot of great matches uh, here. You know, this pay per view usually always delivers, no matter who you have in the matches. And I feel like this is always one the sneaky pay-per-view of the year candidates that go to the year-end awards stuff you kind of have to go back and remember oh hey yeah this card was freaking amazing yeah this could be like uh, maybe a sneak for uh card of the year so yeah really looking forward to really looking forward to this uh, more than elimination chamber because like just some just great some great matches look you got kenta versus fred rosser <laughs> i mean like I mean, look even fred rosser he's done he's done well for himself so, so looking forward to this the motor city machine guns versus uh nelson and, and isaacs i mean come on <laughs> How can you go wrong with that? You know, when, while you were talking about the uh, Homicide versus Tom Lawler match, I just rolled my eyes down there to that match. I'm going like, you know what? I'm kind of looking forward to it because I've seen Homicide do some freaking amazing things at NWA, and I've seen Tom Lawler do a little bit in the G1. So I'm going like, they should have a barnstorming match as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Tom Lawler, he had a tremendous outing at the G1 last year. And dude, he has so much charisma, so much personality. And as a, and he he commentated a couple matches uh, last year uh, for the G1, and we can see what he can do with that. I mean, he was tremendous. So yeah, I mean, he has a lot of like star star power that he has uh, that that he has right there. So yeah, I mean, definitely definitely one one to look for. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your New Japan Battle in the Valley WWE Elimination Chamber preview here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Jake, before we go, where can we find the gentleman from the Windy City on the Information Superhighway? This gentleman in the Windy City is uh, very happy to be a part of this, and uh, thanks, and uh, thanks you, Sean, for uh, tagging me along uh, today. So you can find me at Jake Allnar on Twitter, and at jakealnar.mp4 on Instagram. Ladies and gentlemen, go over to www.radiofreepw, your one-stop shop for everything Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And until we join you next week, have a very stunning week. And David, enjoy your vacation. We'll put you back to work next week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Davey, we miss you, man. But you can't miss it next week. Brother! This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.